Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't handle no goddamn cookie? Are you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't handle it? Now I'm telling your short ass, he can't handle no goddamn milk Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J.K. Morris. Uh, this was random. I just, I, I wanted to throw down a show real quick because I had some stuff to say. And um, I don't know if I was going to get to it later in the week or whatever. So I figured, you know, I got a little time now. Let me just throw this shit down. Um, I'm hoping to jump over on the Hot Tag podcast. I was invited the other day by Shaheen to join them on the Hot Tag tomorrow night. So it's been a while since I've done that. And I figure I'll hop over there and, uh, hang with those guys a little bit tomorrow night. And, uh, for now, you know, do my own thing over here. So that way I can get out whatever I had to say about things. And, uh, yeah, a couple things. Um, Definitely, you know, a few things floating around. Uh, you know what? Let me just touch on football real quick. All right, football. Um, my Niners, it's pretty much like an extended preseason for me. Uh, this, this is what it is to me. It's um, every game is like, you know, we're competing a little bit, but, you know, 
You know, it's it's not like a really high possibility of us closing out strong, even if we look good. We have some pretty uh, some pretty bright spots on our team. Our defense is actually playing pretty good consistently. Um, I mean, e- even against the Chiefs, we were able to keep them under wraps for long enough where we were competing with them. Um, once it became this uh, Jimmy G's out, I mean, come on, man. Jimmy G's out. Um, I mean, we started off the season. McKinnon was going to be our, our new guy as far as, uh, you know, our running back. He was a receiving back. And, um, you know, to have that guy as a huge option for Jimmy G was going to be like such a major thing. They picked up the season. They were still competing. You know, Jimmy's settling in. Yeah, he won his last five games <clears throat> at the end of the year. But obviously, you know, this is his first year as a starter. I mean, the um, the the hopes and, and aspirations of this guy are through the roof. People are expecting this guy to fail. You know, they, they expect us to have wasted money and this and that. And they look... He blew his fucking ACL out, but this dude is legit. I I 100% believe in Jimmy, and uh, I hope he comes back next year stronger than ever as far as his ACL goes. And I think we're going to be looking at an all-star quarterback. I really think uh, he's going to have a great career ahead of him. And McKinnon comes back next year. So, you know, we have Jimmy and McKinnon, uh, you know, playing for the first time together. Um, You know, it's funny, though, is because we had McKinnon – and uh, he went out. Brita was the guy who we had last year, Matt Brita. And within, like, a, a few weeks, he was the leading NFL rusher. Like, above Gurley, above all sorts of motherfuckers. Right now, and he got hurt, too. I think he's still, like, number three or, or some crazy shit like that. Like, you look like, whoa, what the fuck? Number three? Like, that, you would not think the 49ers have the third leading rusher in the NFL. But, um, <clears throat> strangely enough. Um, so, you know, he even went down, <clears throat> the, the injuries are just piling up on us. And, um, I mean, we played our first couple of games without Foster. Foster was suspended. He's, he's supposed to be, you know, a main focus on our team. But like I said, to me, this is just like an extended preseason where it's like, you hope no more of your guys get hurt. The games aren't really going to matter. Uh, we don't stand any chance of winning anything, um, you know, playoff-wise or anything. Uh, playoffs. But, um, yeah, I mean, you hope nobody else takes any major damage. These guys get a lot of practice in, some reps. Everybody gets so used to the system that come next year, it's just plugging our our star quarterback in. And, you know, we're going to wind up in a fucking draft spot for something good again. So, Hopefully we fill in something good. I want either like a, a dope pass rusher or a lockdown corner. I don't really know anything about college or what's sitting there in the draft, but you know, uh, I'm sure there's something up there. So that's that. Um, I've been betting pretty much weekly and losing weekly, but I'm having a lot of fucking fun doing it. I'm t- <laughs> I'll tell you what, like, uh, parlays is my new thing. I did it last week. I did it the week before, but I did kind of wild ones the week before. Um, so if you do like a like a four-game parlay, you, you're just going to pick the games. And, I mean, you can do it as, uh, you know, money line bets, straight bets. And um, 
it'll it'll rake in something. If you do do it with the point spreads, it's gonna jack up your um your winnings. You know, if, if you obviously if you win, but um with a parlay, you need all those games to come in. So if you're good at picking games, and I I I mean historically I have been because I you know I won the football pool last year. I've won it a few times. I've come in like first, second, or third, like quite a few times over the past ten years. I've been playing those football pools, so um, I'm not terrible at it. I definitely have some off weeks and everything, and uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to winning like a big fucking week with this shit. Um, but yeah, like even if you had a you know a game you're really really sure about, and and you're gonna bet on a different game, tack that other game onto it. Make it a two game parlay. It's gonna jack up your winnings so much more. Like if you knew one, it's just like for sure. Even if it, if it increases it the slightest bit, say say the um, the Pats are favored by ten and a half over somebody, just bet money line that the Pats are gonna win. Attach that to whatever other bet you have, and now you're possible winnings are going to go way up because you're betting on two games instead of one. Of course, you need those pats to come through and win the game, but more times than not, it you know, again, if you're, you're betting on somewhat of a sure thing, you know, with a big point spread, take that point spread away, just put it on the money line just to add to your other game. So if your other game comes in, you know, even if they don't cover, they get the, uh, the straight win, you know, it's something to play around with that way. But it's it's a good way to bet, like, 40 bucks and possibly win 600, you know, if you're putting a, a four or five game parlay. Yeah, you need those four or five games to come in, but I mean, how, how many ways can you really bet $40 and sit there and have a legitimate chance to win $500, $600 just sitting there watching football? So to me, it's worth it, you know. Um, I always liken it to, you know, people scratch offs and shit like that, playing them shits all the time. So, uh, you know, if you, you play those and expect to win a couple hundred or something like that, that's complete random luck. You put 40 bucks down on, on a handful of games and you get to watch and fucking yell at your TV for a few hours and fucking who knows. So to me, it makes everything that much more interesting. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the NFL. I'm not going to get too deep in that. Hopefully, uh, within the next uh, couple weeks, maybe I'll have Christian on. We'll talk some more football. Um, but yeah, um, let me see. What else? I, I have some definite uh, wrestling-related topics to get into. Oh, my phone decided not to open. Okay. Uh, IWA came out to New Jersey, and uh, they drew 88 people. IWA Mid-South. Um, now, you know, my good friend Jeremy over there at, uh, I got your five stars, you know, that, that, um, he, he, um, he, he spoke pretty passionately about this. Now, look, I, I completely understand, you know, where Jeremy's coming from because IWA Mid-South is one of the most legendary companies in independent wrestling. The groundwork that they've laid for the other independents that have come since then, you know, the foundation that they laid for other companies to do what they've done, from deathmatch wrestling to to actual technical wrestling and tournaments and everything across the board is just legendary. Um, what I will say is, I mean, Ian has obviously created um, a reputation for himself that is not good. I, um... Always liked Ian. Yeah, I, you know, I saw a bunch of 
people got beat for money and people got this and that and that. And and first things first, as far as I'm concerned, when you see a bunch of people getting beat for money, well, the first thing you do is don't give the fucking guy money. And then you're never going to have a problem with him. Now, I don't know. I mean, maybe if I gave the fucking guy money and, you know, I sent the money for a shirt, maybe he would have sent me the shirt. Maybe everything would have been different. I don't know, but I, I wasn't going to put it out there like that. So as far as I was concerned, I would never have a problem with Ian Rotten. Um, I just, I had a good relationship with Ian as far as, you know, he'd he'd come on the show. And I mean, man, it, it was, it was really good. I, I really enjoyed, you know, my time of being uh, friends with Ian Rotten, which, you know, seemingly is over. But um, I, this is the type of thing that I think is part of the problem with IWA itself. Um, it's Ian's attitude, Ian's old school, um, never change mentality. And and the fact of the matter is, is, you know, when Ian had his disagreement with me and it was me just disagreeing with the way that he booked and was, um, promoting this, uh, King of all Kings deathmatch tournament. I'm not going to go back into the whole thing. It's, it's all very, very well, uh, detailed and described in the archives, but his response to my criticism was, like how pretty much how dare you I've been running shows for 22 years you think I don't know what I'm doing and and I I want to fucking I I got to I got to say straight up no I don't think you know what you're doing Do I think you're an amazing booker? Absolutely. Do I think as I just said, did you lay the foundation and the groundwork for all the companies to to come up and do what the fuck they've done for some of the biggest companies in the United States? To continue to, to, to build and, and succeed. Half of the companies that are drawing big fucking houses. Started off of an IWA blueprint. Half of them picked IWA talent up. Once they got the ball rolling. And made fucking money off of it. Now what's the difference there? Well the difference is Zian Rotten hasn't made any money off of those. So as far as knowing what you're doing, I'm going to go ahead and say no. No, you you don't know what you're doing. Um, because week in, week out, week in, week out, Ian is on Facebook literally begging. Literally begging for people to show up at his building. And if you don't see a problem with that after 22 years of running, maybe you should... I, I, I really think you should open your ears to criticism. I really think you should maybe listen to people who do care, but differ in opinion. Because it wasn't me saying, hey, you fucking idiot. It was saying, like, look, this shit looks stupid. Here's how I see it, and here's what I think. That, that's what it was. And instead I got fucking, uh, you know, unfriended and uh, disconnected from. And uh, his, his son fucking standing in the ring. Oh, fuck you, J-Cap. So you told the fucking 65 people in attendance, fuck you, J-Cat, Jay's not there. And then, you know, one of those people gets back to me, and then on the VOD or whatever the fuck, I don't know how much money you made off of that. I'm sure not much, because every week it's begging and begging and begging and begging, but you're worrying about my fucking opinion. You're worried about me being like this big negative thing. The thing is, is they came to Jersey and they drew 88 people. Jeremy, you know, had, had uh, voiced his opinion and his, his distaste for that amount showing up in attendance, only that amount showing up in attendance, saying that, you know, IWA has done such big things and, and has built such talent 
and he's, he's got a bunch of young talent there, and people should just have faith in Ian Rotten and, and um, his booking ability and, and uh, go check these guys out, basically on the strength of past success through um, his talent-building skills. Where I, I beg to differ on that is because Ian Rotten is stuck in the past. Ian Rotten doesn't want to allow anything out, even as far as saying, I don't want spoilers going online. I don't want people finding out the results online because then they won't buy it. Well, first off, what do you know about anyone buying anything? When you get fucking Pentagon and you draw fuck, you drew like fucking 80 people. You come to fucking Jersey stack card, yeah, you know, you you completely blew your uh, Ted Petty Invitational this year. You had Ted Petty, which is a two-night deal as far as I know, plus two more shows. All four of those shows combined for under 200 people. Colossal fucking failure. So coming off of that, you didn't have the money to, to book Masada. You didn't have the money to book the Gymnasty Boys. Hey, that's fine, because on paper, that card was still fucking stacked. That card coming to Jersey was still stacked. But when you got this young talent in there and you want people to fucking invest in it, look at what PWG does. PWG makes a silly amount of fucking money on the indies. They are like one of the most big time, most talked about, most viral, most fucking hard tickets to get. And they're not cheap tickets to get into that building and they sell out every month. Now, it's not a it's not a big venue. But they make it where it's a it's a desired ticket. It's a hot ticket. Motherfuckers want to get in there. You've had fucking Topanga. You've had fucking Ronda Rousey. You've had all sorts of fucking celebrities in those in that building, because it becomes such a, a talked about, such a buzz. It, it's such a draw. And you know what they're still doing? They're still giving fucking highlight packages away on every fucking show. Every show they're promoting the shit out of those fucking those highlight packages. You get all sorts of spots that happen on that show. Does it stop them from selling out? No. Does it stop them from selling DVDs? No. That's the thing. Ian thinks that if he gives this away, well, then no one's going to show up. Well, right now, no one's showing up. So maybe you should switch your fucking focus and decide, hey, what's going to work? Because it's not what you're doing. That old school mentality of, oh, don't give anything away. It's not fucking working. It's not working at all. So now, if you gave some fucking highlight packages, throw some fucking highlight packages down of these young cats. Throw an occasional free match out there. Fucking blow the roof off a couple things. Throw throw a fucking free match out there. Throw, throw a free show out there. Upload that motherfucker to YouTube. Do something. Do something that brings buzz to your company. Show motherfuckers what you're doing. And then stop. You got to give them something to make them want it. You you can't just expect, oh, well, people have faith in Ian because Ian's always done good things. Yeah, but that that's not the way it fucking works. And, and as far as like, uh, oh, well, you know, that old school mentality, motherfuckers ain't buying VCR tapes anymore. So the other thing, speaking of VCR tapes, Dan, that, you know, I I get it. Torrenting is not going to be a well-received thing ever because companies aren't getting money from it. However, 
the same way that buzz is created is the same way that tape trading created buzz. Torrance is the tape trading of 2018. Let's not get it fucked up. Realistically, the people were not paying for the VHS either. They maybe paid for the initial VHS, and then they let their fucking friend borrow the VHS in exchange for the one they had. They made copies of that shit. They did that. They fucking, they moved them all over the fucking place. Tape trading. I don't remember that many promoters hating tape trading. I I, I really don't. I, I, I usually hear that phrase talked about in pretty high regard. Tape trading, tape trading, tape trading. There's not a lot of difference between that and Torrance. There's really not. These fans don't have the money to buy DVDs or uh, VODs or back-in-the-day VHSs from eight different companies across the the United States and the world because, you know, there's Japan shit, there's Mexico shit, there's this, there's that. And realistically, the, the entire professional wrestling business is oversaturated like a motherfucker. I mean, you used to have TOD, King of the Death. That was it. There's now, like... 12 deathmatch tournaments across the United States. So you could pick and choose what you feel like watching. Some shit might land in your lap and you watch that. Maybe that's good enough for some people. And then maybe some people are really going to go out of their way to seek out this and that. And just because of this guy's on the card and that guy's on the card. You understand like some of the guys, um, you know, they'll go and seek your show out because you brought in a guy from a company that they're familiar with. If if you're the company that's going to make people familiar with these new guys, then you have to find a way to get those people seen by by the new eyes, by the by the new fans. Draw them in by by some stretch of the imagination. You know, like a lot of times, uh, you know, Zandig would bring in guys from outside and, um, you know, he'd bring guys in from IWA or bring them in from IWS. He'd bring them in from here. He'd bring them in from there. And the match that they would have, he'd make sure, and I'm sure they'd make sure, you know, because they're trying to get their name out there. They would get all their shit in in that match. All the fucking crazy spots they had down pat, all the big moves they had down pat, they would do their best to wow the fucking fans. These are the type of things that need to happen and be somehow presented to fans for free, for free or on another showcase where it's going to make a big difference. You know, if those guys get a fucking spot on the GCW shows or they get a spot on the CCW, CCW is dead, so it doesn't really matter, but um, they get a spot on a show that eyeballs are already on, man. They got to go out there and blow the fucking roof off and draw people back. Don't think, uh, I just don't think he gets it, Ian. And I think when, you know, you get these 80 people, 88 people, there's no, there's no surprise on my end. No one should be fucking surprised that Ian's not drawing. Nobody. So, I mean, that's just my take on it. Again, I understand, you know, people wanting better for Ian because for years I did too. And and it's not like I really wish failure on him, but when people turn their backs on fans like that, that have criticism because they don't like criticism and they take that arrogant stance of, I've been doing this for 22 years. Don't you think I know? No, I don't. 
I, I fucking see you begging and begging and begging on Facebook for for attendance, begging for people to support, half shutting down every other month. So so maybe maybe let's not go with the the veteran. Uh, I've been doing this a long time. I think I know better than eh, maybe maybe not. Maybe some of this shit isn't coming across right. You know. And I'm not saying, you know, my criticism specifically would fix or right the ship of IWA, but maybe that's the way that you're handling a lot of these guys' opinions. And if that's the way it's going on a long-distance thing, well, your home crowd has been dealing with you and the way that you've dealt with these opinions and the way that you've dealt with criticism on, on the home front. And maybe they don't want to deal with that shit. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But as far as I'm concerned, neither do you. So maybe it's start. Um, it's time to start fucking changing, uh, changing gears a little bit, figuring out a little bit of a new path, new ways, ways to fucking get yourself known. Because it's 2018, and it's that old school mentality will will just die. That that'll that'll be the death of every company that continues to not change their ways and just be set in their ways, and you know. There's new companies that are brand new fucking starting up and putting a thousand people in the fucking building. So, and you know, and for the longest time, I believe that, yeah, Ian deserves that. Ian deserves that. But when it comes to like, yeah, like, I don't think he should have people, you know, allowed to film with their phone like some of these fucking companies are doing or any shit like that. But he should have people putting together video packages and shit to really fucking tease and draw in what he's doing over there. Because even like the powerbomb thing, like when I had him on and we were talking about a lot of these things, it was like, yeah, well, I can't give away, you know, a DVD that would, would, you know, bring me 20 bucks on a DVD for a powerbomb subscription that we're only getting pennies on the dollar for an entire month of subscription. So on some fronts, yeah, like you, you can't give away your top shows on the other side of things. Fuck, man. When your top shows like Ted Petty plus two other shows on top of that two-day show is bringing in less than 200 people, maybe it's time to start giving some of that shit away and make motherfuckers want more. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, there's definitely uh, work to be done, though, and, and I don't think um, they're exactly being uh, unfairly treated. This is the way of the business, and if you can't figure it out, if you can't um, you know, make that shit work, with the same thing you've been trying for 22 fucking years, then maybe, maybe you should check some other avenues, see what these other companies are doing and maybe follow in a little bit of their footsteps. Because if they're putting a thousand in the building, if they got people going fucking crazy for them and you with all this experience are begging for people to show up, there's something wrong and it's not me. So, but, um, Speaking of the place that they ran, Tremont, Hogan Hall, let's talk about this again. Uh, and, and hopefully this will be it for this. Um, so, you know, I, I, I tend to instigate at times. When, I, when I'm when i annoyed by something, I tend to instigate. So, I did. I Tremont had posted something, Reed Bentley, da-da-da-da-da, you know, me, Reed Bentley, Matt Tremont, first time ever in... Uh, let me see. I, I got to pull it up. Shit. I should have, like, screenshotted it or something, but... 
What the fuck? Um, shit. Fuck, because I'm like scrolling down my fucking uh, thing to try to find it, but. It's like the worst. Okay, there we go. Um, so he posted, you know, tomorrow night, October 5th, IWA Mid-South debuts live H2O Wrestling Center in Williamstown, New Jersey. And uh, then the image right below it, same thing. Uh, you know, fucking H2O Wrestling Center. Da, 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 da. So, you know, me uh, having to take a shot at that. I said, uh, I wish it was at Hogan Hall. And then everybody, you know, Boogie Rag Joe and Matt Tremont, it is, it is. Uh, Matt Tremont, it is, with a question mark, like, I, I think it is. So I said, you know, it's never listed that way. Uh, Jeremy posted, you know, I know where I'll be tonight, Kevin Hogan Memorial Hall. So here's Matt Tremont's post. It's not done on purpose whatsoever. It is always H2O Wrestling Center at the Kevin Hogan Memorial Hall. Has been since the day I donned it when the venue was still OTWs. It may not be on all promotional material, but I didn't know it had to be. Okay, here's where I got to stop. Um, that it, I didn't know it had to be is like that snarky fucking condescending bullshit. That's that fucking carny bullshit. You know, because when it comes down to it, like, what do you mean you didn't know it had to be? You, when you stand in the fucking ring and you say, from this point on, this building will be known as Kevin Hogan Memorial Hall, I want to know why when you bought that fucking building, now when it's OTW shit, and when you got to come in and say, hey, when we're in here, it's Kevin Hogan Memorial Hall, but I know, look, when we move out of the way, it's OTW Arena or whatever the fuck, when you bought the fucking building, you had already deemed that Kevin Hogan Memorial Hall. Why is it H2O Wrestling Center at all? Why is that at all? Why? Why? I, you run the fucking company. Just like, you know, CCW was in Viking Hall. CCW was in Champ Soccer Arena. They didn't need to be in CCW uh, Wrestling Center. They, they had buildings that they became uh, very known for being in. They had home bases. They, they had places that they were, and, and no one was confused as to what went on there. What is the reason for H2O Wrestling Center at all? How, how, why isn't that it couldn't be named Kevin Hogan Memorial Hall? Period. End of fucking story. What is what this, this, this H2O Wrestling Center shit? I, I have no idea what that is. I have no idea what that is, but that is, without question... That is an attempt to do two different things with the building. On one hand, you have a tribute, but you really play that fucking tribute close to the vest. And on the other hand, you're just your business. It's just all business up front. It's like it's like a fucking mullet. Yeah, I mean, it's a business up front, party in the back. Yeah, I mean, and Hogan's that party in the back that you'll let motherfuckers know about if they're interested. Hogan. Kevin Hogan Memorial Hall should be fucking forced into people's eyes and ears because that should be the name of the building, hands fucking down. And then when people ask, well, what's Kevin Hogan Memorial Hall? That's the home of H2O Wrestling. 
what the fuck significance does H2O Wrestling Center? Does that ring? Does that have a fucking, does that have a great fucking flow to it? Does anybody, is anybody going to create like a buzz around the H2O Wrestling Center? Come on, man. It, it, it's fucking ridiculous. And, and it's just, like I said, it, it it's not, so okay. Let me, uh, I didn't know what had to be. We all know, I know, it's Hogan Hall to pay tribute to Hogan, who we all knew well. The banner, inside, and he put, like, in all caps, inside. But that, it should be on top of the building. There should be one of those fucking, one of those gorillas that sell fucking cars. One of those inflatable fucking gorillas with a sign that says Hogan Hall on it. I mean, obviously I'm I'm exaggerating, but, like, that shit should be shouted from the heavens. As far as the inside, like, oh, you need to buy a ticket in order to know that it's a tribute. Why is that? Why, why is that? Um, inside the venue that hangs every day says Kevin Hogan Memorial Hall on it and always will. Just because at times, all the times, not at times, all the times, it's not written out. I actually just saw a flyer uh, today for the, um, uh, Danny Havoc, uh, Matt Tremont deathmatch extravaganza. And that shit is on the flyer. So if me running my mouth and Jeremy running his mouth, got that shit done. Good. Good. Cause I don't give a fuck what people think about me. I, I really don't, you know, like I said, I'm not a wrestling fan. A tribute's a tribute though. Rep your shit, man. Because Tremont is a fucking real ass dude. I expect Tremont to come through on his fucking word because I think he's a better dude than the majority of people in this fucking business. But when shit like this goes on, it goes like, hmm, maybe it, maybe they're all just the fucking same. You know, maybe, maybe it's just the same across the fucking board. It's everybody's out for whatever the fuck works for him that day. It pops the fucking crowd. Everyone's running around in muffin club shirts. But when it comes to like, maybe we don't mention it anymore, then, then fuck it then. Then it's just... just Day-to-day business. Oh, I didn't know it had to be. Really? Now it's on Now it's on us? Yeah, I mean, it, it, we we should go and ask you, hey, Matt, why isn't it? I mean, it was your idea to tribute to shit. And if you didn't, if you didn't want to marry yourself to that fucking idea, then, then why why would you do it? Just to half-ass it. it it's, it's just kind of crazy, you know? But again, like, whatever, whatever got the fucking wheels in motion to do what I feel is the right thing. Um... Not that I'm the authority on that or anything. You know, it's just, look, I'm going to view things the way I view things, and he can view things the way he wants to view things. He's running a business, so whatever he feels is right for his business is, is the, the the avenue he should absolutely go. Um, uh, doesn't mean his name is not a part of the venue. Uh, if that's how others are taking it in the field, that's not the case. I did a lot to pay tribute to him and, and still do. He was not just a fan to me, but a friend that came in once a week store and, you know, uh, once a week to the store and hung out and eat lunch together and this and that. And, and I a hundred percent, I know that's all a hundred percent a fact, but that's more so the reason why I think that you be, you should be screaming from the fucking rooftop. This is Kevin Hogan Memorial Hall, motherfucker. Like his name should be reborn through Kevin Hogan Memorial Hall and you guys making the fucking history that I know H2O Wrestling is going to do out there. I, I know H2O, like, they're doing some shit out there that I think is already topping current products in the area. I already think the type of things that they're putting down on paper, the type of things that they're making um, 
their cards out of is better than what fucking On Point was doing. It's better than a lot of what CZW is doing. You know what I mean? So when you're making that history, let the fucking... Let Kevin Hogan's fucking name come out of people's mouth when they're explaining the show to somebody. And make it... Make it where it has to be a part of those sentences because it's a, it's part of your sentence every time you mention the show, every time you talk about the show. It, it's it's something, you know? And, and Jeremy said that, you know, at the IWA show, you know, he said it a couple times and he would look at Jeremy every time. Like, dude, this isn't a battle. This isn't like, here, I said it, you happy? Like, whoa, what, what, what the fuck is the problem? You know what I mean? It, it, this isn't for me. This isn't for Jeremy. This is for fucking Hogan. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't understand, like, the chip on the shoulder, the, the, the condescending, oh, I didn't know it had to be, and uh, it's on the inside of the building. And, like, okay, dude, I mean, uh, I hope you guys don't feel a certain way because that's not the case to all that feels that way uh, or as if it was done on purpose because it's not written on all promotional material, etc. is crazy. No, it's not crazy. It's not crazy at all. It's legitimate. It's it's how people feel it should be. You know? It's just it's the type of shit that Kevin wasn't fucking secretive about it. He wasn't just on the inside of the building. He was on his Facebook yelling that you should fucking be in the building. That you should be there. You should be there. You should be there. He didn't... Not only did he not miss the show, he didn't miss telling motherfuckers he was going to be at the show. And so the part where you have a problem telling people that's his fucking joint is is where the problem comes in as far as I'm concerned. And again, I'm just some jerk off from Jersey that doesn't even attend wrestling shows anymore. So take it all for what it's worth. Um, and he says, nothing but love for everyone as I always been. Thank you guys. Uh, yeah. So I, I just, uh, yeah, I feel how I feel about it, and um, I, I just thought that was somewhat crazy. I, I heard he was kind of annoyed, but that people were annoyed type of thing, but I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, I just, uh, that's just the way I view it. I really think that his name should fucking be synonymous with that building, and I think that building should go down in fucking history as one of the, the most uh, famous wrestling venues in New Jersey based off of what Matt is going to put his passion and pride out and and put together with that company. And and I think it'll only reflect even more so the passion and pride that fucking Kevin Hogan had for Matt specifically, the products that Matt put together and just, just wrestling in general. I think it goes hand in hand. So, but that's what, uh, that's what emotionally investing means. Emotionally investing means taking things very, very personal. So I, I don't, I don't want to like you know hear phrases thrown around and then you don't want them taken literally. You know what I mean? So to me, that's what emotional, emotionally investing means: taking things very fucking personal. I'm not emotionally invested in wrestling. I'm emotionally invested in what I do at my job. I take those cats' lives very, very fucking personal. You ask motherfuckers to work with me. You ask people to deal with me as far as cats go. I take every one of their lives extremely, extremely personal. I know, you know, people think talking animals is crazy sometimes. Those are not animal people for the most part. But I, I tell those cats, 
They're fucking scared. Their fucking ears are back in their litter box. They're fucking shaking, trembling. I tell them, I got you. Yeah, I ain't gonna let anything fucking happen to you. And I console them and make them fucking feel good and and form a bond with them. The next thing you know, they, they've gained some confidence. They're strutting around a little bit. They're showing some trust in me. Now they're trusting everybody. Next thing you know, they're in a home. That animal's life is saved. That's why how I emotionally invest in it. I take every day personally. So when you ask people to emotionally invest in something, you should know what that means. And you should take it personally, just as you're asking them to. Um, so there's that. Um, man, this is just <laughs> this is just like talking a lot of shit on this one. But uh, Julia Smokes. Um, so the other day I'm sitting there. Um, let me see. I got to pull the picture up on this because he deleted it. Um, let me see. Where the fuck is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So Julia Smokes posted this. Sweeney was scared to death of me. Facts. Instead of healthy competition, he went behind my back at ROH and said I was crazy, hating, keep a side eye on Smokes. While he was the one that committed suicide. Crazy. Hashtag tricknology. So I commented right away. I was the first one to comment on it. And I said, why would you talk petty politics shit when the guy is dead, though? And, you know, look, Julius Smokes is a real street cat. No question about it. He, he is legit. He's a legit dude. He's, he's not about no bullshit. Like, he, he knows the fuck how to handle himself. He, he's, you know, he, he's not just a gimmick. He, you know, he went right in on, on me. You know, oh, fuck. Because I could do that. Fuck, if you don't like it, act on it. And this and that. But fuck all that bullshit, first off. Fuck all of that. Why don't you just see? My thing is this: because you could be street, you could be tough, you could be all this, and I ain't questioning a fucking single bit of that. I smoke as a legit dude. But if you had fucking heat with a guy that's that's deceased now, instead of going at him when he's deceased, we should have heard. Oh, fucking smokes, fucking beat the shit out of out of Sweeney. Smokes had problems with him. This should all been while he was alive. News. This should have been, uh, you know, smoke snapped in the fucking ROH locker room and they had to fucking pull him off Sweeney and this and that. I didn't hear any of those stories. And 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 if you have fucking heat with him now, the thing is, is like, and, and I, you know, I commented some shit too. And I said, yo, like, why don't you, like, I don't, you're coming at me like, why don't I do something about it? Like, you, you're really mad like that, bro. You're friends with a motherfucker. You're friends with Eddie Kingston. Eddie Eddie respects you. You respect Eddie and all this shit. And that was Eddie's fucking boy. So when you're talking this wild, stupid, fucking politic, petty bullshit online, like, what are you trying to get over? Like, what exactly are you trying to accomplish when the fucking guy is dead and you're trying to, like, rub out there like he he's the one that committed suicide? Like, what kind of wild shit is that? When you're supposedly, you supposedly respect Eddie. And that's his fucking, that's his homie. Yeah, you know I mean, so don't don't worry about me. Like, oh, you want you do something about it? Because that's some clown shit to be on the fucking on the internet talking to some old wild petty 
petty politic bullshit. This is real life. This is some real life dude that's gone. You're talking about wrestling. What the fuck wrestling? Oh, he said some shit about you backstage. Really, dog? Come on, man. You know that ain't real shit right there. That ain't some real thug shit. Talking slimy shit on a fucking guy that's gone. When you're fucking friends with his people. Yeah, I mean, the fuck is that? So I don't like that. But but guess what? Half hour later, shit's deleted. So I guess it got back to the people you respected, didn't it? You didn't tell them to do something about it, did you? You fucking took it down out of respect, right? Maybe you thought twice about what you were posting because it's, it's fucking crazy. There was no valor. There was no honor in that shit. So, it was trash. Absolute trash. I call shit like I see it, man. It, it, this isn't like, yo, know, me trying to tell this and that to this person and that person. But, but look at what it is. Look at exactly how it is. Fuck, man. Um... Cookie guy, cookie guy, um, this dude, I mean, I, I don't want to, I mean, I, I could just call him a clown right off the bat, um, really doesn't make a difference, but, um, cookie guy fell in love with hip hop back in the boombox era, and this fucking guy who, who is a descendant of the fucking Purdue family fortune, like, I think his grandfather was fucking Frank Purdue, is going to try to be the fucking authority on hip-hop. And, and, like, first off, I understand, like, if you're mad at today's hip-hop, believe me, like, you're preaching to the fucking choir. Like, you, you can't... You can't get many people that are as much on your side as, like, today's hip-hop is trash than me. Like, I'm I'm very pro-fuck fuck today's hip-hop. Now, there's, there's some shining fucking lights in this shit, though. Yeah, I mean, like... Wayne's album is fucking dope. Wayne's, that Carter 5 is dope. Nine fucking tracks on that shit are fucking bangers, as far as I'm concerned. Um, And it's like a 19-track album and shit, so they'll get it fucked up. But I don't care how many how many um songs you got on your album. If I could pull nine off of those and put that shit in my playlist, you, you're good, man. Your album is fucking tight. These days, motherfuckers are putting out seven fucking track albums. Push T did it, fucking uh, Kanye did it, and that, that's a lot of Kanye's rollout. Um, I think um, they, they, I think they did the same shit with Nas's through through Kanye. And hey, man, if you get four tracks out of that shit, you're lucky. And that's that's not the case for the most part. Is it? you're not getting four solid tracks out of those. <clears throat> not up to the caliber of the nine tracks on fucking Wayne shit. But my point is, is like. Steve will, he'll, he'll chime in with, like, you're like, oh, this MGK track is fucking crazy towards M, but you know M's gonna come back, and then it's like, yo, what do you like better? You like this or that? And he'll just, like, chime in. Neither. All this shit is garbage. They don't have beats you could dance to anymore. And, and some old shit like that. And he just he's just taking, like, this this unbreakable stance on there's never been good hip-hop since boombox rap which completely discounts 90s fucking hip-hop and i don't give a fuck what you say everybody's gonna have their favorite era and this and that as far as i'm concerned if the 90s ain't your favorite era of hip-hop you're wrong you're 100 percent fucking wrong because i mean that's that because i'm 
I'm defending my favorite era of hip hop. And the majority of people can look back at that 90s era of hip-hop and the fucking Biggie and Mob Deep and Pac. And I, I mean, you, you just go down the fucking list and everything that was fucking dope back then, it just, it trumps everything. Because there's a point, too, where hip-hop got advanced. You know what I mean? Hip-hop advanced in the fucking 90s. There wasn't like, oh, well, there was this and there was that. Like, <clears throat> no, like, 80s hip-hop wasn't nearly as advanced as 90s hip-hop. There's no way. There's no way. But if you're going to go back to the Ba with the Ba days and, and, you know, fucking up jump the boogie to, you know, all of that bullshit and tell me that's superior to fucking Biggie Records and Wu-Tang, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's just fucking crazy. So anyway, um, (laughs) this dude... um, You know, and I'm just, like, taking his fucking opinion as trash. Like... For all those years, um, that, that, that he would just pop up and this shit would be like, all right, this fucking guy again, right? Every time some dope shit, oh, I can't, ah, no, 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 that's garbage. That's garbage. I can't, can't dance to it, which like, I don't know, this dude, the thought of this dude dancing is fucking crazy in itself to me, but, um, picture cookie guy fucking Pulling out cardboard boxes and fucking backspinning and shit. The fuck out of here. So, this fucking guy posts MC Shan dissing KRS One in 2018. Let me re- let me fucking repeat that shit. MC Shan drop a diss record on KRS One in 2018, like he just heard that KRS One dissed him and thinks that he without question fucking won in the battle they had with the bridges over and all that shit back then. So, and I listened to it and it was trash. It was trash. Like you had a couple little lines and this and this, but like definite today's type hip hop beat. Like it wasn't a back in the day beat. So all that bullshit you were talking, it wasn't a back in the day beat. So, you refuse to listen to this shit with MCs from today because of the beats ain't the beats. You can't dance to the beats. Well, if you could dance to this beat, then you could dance to the other fucking beats. And again, like stop dancing. I'll just keep that shit for yourself. Family fucking get togethers at the Purdue ranch. And, uh, second off, um, the rhymes were not on fucking point. So I said, so you like this because he has a name you remember. You've dismissed countless artists because you can't dance to the beat. What makes this difference? Uh, his, his rhymes are okay at best. And this is grasping to rehash a 30-year-old battle. This fucking guy. This guy comes out his ass with this this soul shit. You obviously don't know what you're talking about because you didn't live in that era. Know what good skills were or wouldn't know real hip-hop if you crapped it out of your ass, jumped on your face, and wiggled. Be gone, peasant. Yeah. So, again, I'm 40 years old, man. I'll be motherfucking. I'll be damned if a member of the Purdue family tries to tell me what the fuck hip hop is, or tell me that I don't know shit about hip hop. This motherfucker bakes cookies for grown men at fucking wrestling shows. That's how he's fucking known. He's known as a guy who bakes fucking cookies for grown men 
at wrestling shows and dresses like a referee for fucking several decades to sit front row at, at fucking wrestling shows and offer people cookies. You can get the fuck out of here, bruh. You're a fucking cornball. Absolute fucking cornball. Absolute fucking cornball. There's nothing to even fucking talk about with this guy. Come on, bro. So, I don't know. I just, I just had to say something about it because... Um, yeah. So, um... Yeah, this is this is what it is, you know. It's, um... My 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 show is crazy this week. <laughs> I'm more or less like, yo, I gotta talk some shit about these motherfuckers. All right, so uh, I think I think this is the last one I got is uh, uh Blackie Blackie Sanchez or uh, Eric Blackie DeShields, uh, I think is his name. Uh, I know he was Blackie Sanchez in CZW because they had Pinky Sanchez and he came out as Blackie Sanchez. As far as I'm concerned, that was the most over Blackie ever was. Um, he was also on my show and. To, to show you the extent of my drinking, um, I do not remember a single one of those shows. I, that's not the shit on him at all. Um, I They were a blur. He was like a temporary on and off co-host for a little bit. And uh, for, I don't know, I'd say probably five shows. Maybe. And I, I just, I can't even remember a single fucking show or a sentence we said to each other or anything like that. Because I was that fucking... Uh, that fucking blurred through my uh, my vices. Um, but yeah, um, so so anyway, he posted a, a, a video or a clip back in the day. Eric Cannon hitting Danny Havoc with this. Uh, I I don't remember like what the name of the move is, but it's like so. You know how Randy Orton puts the legs on the ropes, does DDT? Well, he did like a twisting, like a neckbreaker suplex, like that, on the outside, on a pony ring. If anyone doesn't know what a pony ring is, um, is just like, it's like a half height ring. So the apron isn't nearly as high as, you know, your normal thing. So it's maybe as high as a chair or something like that. I think it's lower than like a table, like a folding table, um... So he's got Danny's fucking uh, legs on on the bottom rope of that, and does the fucking neckbreaker suplex to the floor. To me, basic suplex on the floor I think has more impact. Like the snap suplex on the floor. Um, I've seen suplexes to the floor, like straight up from the apron. I've seen. Um, I think even a superplex into the ring has more impact in this move. Well, they all got on this bullshit like, oh, fuck that. Nah, ain't nobody going to do that shit to me. And da, 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 da. And I'm like, a whole bunch of people like chimed in and I don't know who the fuck they were. Apparently some of these people were wrestlers. And um, said, you know, oh, fucking, uh, I hope $20 on a hot dog was fucking worth that. Fucking idiots and shit like that. So I just commented like, yo, like Eric and Ken, Eric Cannon and Danny Havoc are fucking solidified fucking names on the indies. Like Eric Cannon is, is a tremendous wrestler. He has been for years. He, he's fucking tore it up all over the indies and will get respect from everybody all over the fucking WWE roster. 
Like, motherfuckers know who Eric Cannon is. They don't know who fucking uh, Blackie Sanchez is. And again, I, I know that was just like a a small gimmick for him. So I don't know what, if it's like Blackie the Shield. I don't even know his legitimate current wrestling name. Um, but uh, nobody knows what the fuck. So, um, and it wasn't even him really primarily talking shit. But when he tried to like go in to like defend his point was like, because I said, dude, like first off, like that shit didn't really even have that much impact. You're talking Danny Havoc, who's taking some of the craziest fucking bumps on the indies. And as far as the indies go, he's an absolute fucking legend. Like his name is solidified on the fucking indies, on the deathmatch wrestling scene, CZW, IWA, whatever. I mean, you go across the board. Danny Havoc's name makes fucking noise. So, and and, and has respect. Yeah, I mean, um. So, and, and he said some shit like, uh, I said, you know, Danny Havoc, this and that, you know, Eric Cannon, this and that, boom. These guys speak for them fucking self. And then on top of that, like, you should work, because they're talking about the crowd, and I said, you should work to entertain fucking 15 people or 1,500 people. And then he goes, nah, dog, there's layers to this shit. First off, layers, bro. You work fucking shindies in Delaware. You you work shindies in fucking Pennsylvania, in Maryland. That's that's your fucking reach. There's not layers to any fucking thing you do, bro. Nothing. Not not a fucking layer. Not a single layer. Yeah, I mean, like like stop it, man. Like y'all act like y'all got knowledge above motherfuckers who who are legit. And I'm not talking about myself at all. I don't know shit. But you're, by speaking on this and calling these motherfuckers idiots and, ah, fuck all of that, and there's ways you need to work and this and that, you're talking about Danny Havoc and Eric Cannon. Y'all talking about people well, well above where you'll ever be on the independent scene. And there's a whole list of motherfuckers, nah, fuck that, and da-da-da-da-da. Well, that's on you, but, like, don't talk about these guys like they ain't shit because they're bigger than you ever fucking be. Uh, Danny Havoc will be, you know, I don't I'm not going to say CZW Hall of Fame because that doesn't make any difference anymore, but he will be. And um, as far as the deathmatch scene, if the deathmatch, if deathmatch wrestling had a Hall of Fame, Danny Havoc would be your first ballot Hall of Famer. Eric Cannon is one of those guys who, who's tore it up all over the fucking indies. Chris Hero and countless, you know, your wrestler's wrestler. He's tore it up with them. Strong style matches with some of the baddest motherfuckers all over the place. Yeah, you know I mean, I think he's got like a sponsorship with fucking uh, Paps Blue Ribbon now. Like, it's fucking crazy. And he, he lost a bunch of weight, too. Um, but w- what the fuck are y'all talking about? That, like, some of this shit is just fucking crazy. Some people just like, they go on their shit and they, they suddenly think that their opinion on things should really have like some kind of high stance. But, bro, you ain't shit on, on in wrestling. It's it's just crazy. It's crazy as fuck, and they make mountains out of molehills. And like this little fucking bump, they're like, oh fuck that. These guys are idiots. Like, I mean, if you're in the business, you should know fucking better. You should be the one showing up on a post going, hey bro, those guys are fucking legit. Like, don't worry about what the fuck they doing. They're all right. But you're you're the one on the on the edge. It's fucking crazy, man. Um. But yeah, um, 
so oh, the one more thing I want to talk about now, I don't really have any like negative anything to say about it, but um, Mickey Knuckles uh, put out a video. If you're her friend on Facebook, um, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, she she put out this this uh, Facebook live. Pretty much announcing her, and you know, everyone's sensitive about whether to call it retirement or quitting, and as she called it quitting, but um, retirement. She put out her retirement video and really got emotional, and really went into a bunch of sh- different things. And I, she's one of those interviews I still really, really want to do, um, because Mickey Knuckles was somebody who would go in there and hang with the dudes, and it was believable. Like, she'd hit hard as fuck, and she was in there, and she was taking fucking punishment from, you know, your necro-butchers, your brain damages, your, your guys who were legit, and, I mean, was giving it back, and, and you believed that she was just fucking hanging in there, and, and doing some things out there, and it was believable, she endured the pain and the punishment in order to make it believable, and um obviously she paid for it i mean if you you listen to you know her her talk about her injuries and and the pain and the the different things she's gone through and that she really needs to step away in order to give her children a life you know with a mother who could still function which i i 100% respect um a lot of you know what she went through is is unfortunate but it's um it's like a path where she let herself down and um you know she she wound up in in kind of that uh you know that that alley where it was just gonna she was gonna continue to hurt herself because that was the way that it worked in order for her to get over in order for her to fit in or whatever the case was you know she made her own decisions i'm not saying anyone you know victimized her or anything like that i mean she she might say differently but that's that's not the stance i'm taking here i'm just saying she really did put out a lot of fucking uh sacrifice out there as many of these wrestlers do but I respect what she did, you know, put out there. And, um, yeah, I mean, she's, she's hard on herself. She's definitely hard on herself. She says, you know, oh, I was never a good wrestler. Let's be honest and this and that. And, you know, look, she didn't wind up on TNA because she was trash. I'm not saying everybody on TNA is fantastic, but she was doing big fucking things, you know. And she was going to be a chick out there that was going to brutalize chicks. And uh, she, she was, you know, she was she was doing really, really well. And she broke her fucking leg. And when she broke her fucking leg, uh, her world came crashing down around her. And it's it's unfortunate, but obviously it's some shit that happens in the wrestling business. Um, but I wish her the best. And again, I, I'd really love to have her on the show sometime because, you know, I'd love to hear her fucking stories over the years. And, you know, her favorite matches and, and, and all of those different things and experiences she's been through. And, um, yeah, so I, I wish her the best. Um like I said, I, I think I'm going to stop by the, uh, the hot tag podcast and, um, I plan to tomorrow night and see what goes on there. Uh, I got, uh, last week I got my Stotler and Waldorf on my, uh, left bicep, inner bicep. So I got them going. I got, I still, they, they have to get shaded still some more work to be done. I got another, I think three sessions definite three sessions and hopefully I'll be able to wrap up the rest of his left arm sleeve within those three sessions. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, I don't,
know if there's anything else. Um, check out the Hot Tag Podcast. Check out I Got You Five Stars with Jeremy. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's about all I got. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Maybe I'll be back next week. We'll see what goes on. Um, we'll figure it out. But, uh, let me see. Where's my fucking outro? It's been a while since I looked for the outro feverishly. Here it is. Talk to you motherfuckers later. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Black cheese tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Jews are just radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, sir, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.